The Listen In Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Give us a follow on Twitter at our new Twitter handle, at ListenInPod. That's at ListenInPod. Also, give us a subscription on iTunes or Stitcher. And lastly, we wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast. We know that there are thousands of podcasts out there and a wealth of content out. And we appreciate you taking the time to listen to ours specifically. Um, Let's start the show. Listening podcast, episode 40. Nice round number, 40, Jake. It's a milestone. I have to say I'm a little disappointed um, in our listeners. Uh, we didn't get any over-the-hill cards, no. over-the-hill tweets, any no. cakes that were literally in the shape of hills no. with us over them. No. None of that. No. And, you know, 40 is a big milestone. We're not here to brag. We're not here to make a big deal of it. No. But um, we count on the listeners to, to give us a little tease, to tease us for being over the hill. You know what it is? We moved recently. Yeah. Cards got lost in the mail. Right. It happens. Well. It's okay. If They're that, out there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll give them that. For 50, you guys got to get big. You yeah. Gotta, you got to like, what's the thing you do for 50? Um, I think you sign Just up over for the like hill again? AARP or something. That's 55, isn't it? Damn, you're right. It is. Because I feel like you can't repeat over the hill. That's the joke people do no, for 40. No, 50. What's the 50 anniversary? Is that a gold anniversary? What is that? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. This is riveting stuff. Maybe we jump into Anyways, the content. Yeah, let's let's jump in. So Jake and I, we went on a road trip this past weekend. With we a couple up north big friends of the pod. With a couple of our roommates. We went up north. Um, we went to like this swimming area where there's some rocks and like little little rapids, little falls. Big shout you to Sawyer's Rock. Sawyer's Rock, big shout. Uh, so it was a couple hours to get there, a couple hours back. So we wanted to touch again on this car ride music listening topic. Um, we did because you talked about your drive uh, from Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. was a totally different type of drive. It was a headphones in, focus on churning out some album listens drive, and I think you threw in some singles at the end. Yep. This kind of drive is different because it was a variety of music listeners, a variety of tastes, and it was four people driving together, having fun, joking around. Different type of playlist. Yeah, you're not going to put on dense, long albums that only you are interested in because that's going to alienate pretty much everyone. Right. People so, aren't going to enjoy that. So once Sean finished Have One On Me by by Joanna Newsom, <laughs> we got to listen to some hits. No, but we actually, it was actually, I actually had a lot of fun with this because we all sort of shouted out different songs. We picked different uh, songs to add to the queue in the playlist. Um, to me, it seems like there's different ways you can go with music playlists when you're in a group. One is, uh, as the Iron Chef of playlists, this is probably your preferred method, is a carefully curated playlist that, that you make beforehand based on the tastes of each individual. See, that's the thing. You need to take into account everyone's tastes and mood, which is really difficult to do and plan ahead for. And then sometimes what ends up happening is even the you know best laid plans will go awry and sometimes what you think is a good playlist will not end up being what people actually want to listen to the other thing to take into account is if you're going to um you know a remote location you might not have service you might not be able to stream you got to take that into account maybe do an offline playlist we ran into that we ran into that problem big time and had to use the songs that were on your phone and my phone that we mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. that were uh, actually offline available on Spotify another 
is, uh, like I mentioned, shouting out songs during the ride, which we kind of did some of, where, you know, you, you get one started and then that get that gets people thinking of songs they like. For That's example, right. we got from the Gin Blossoms all the way to Build Me Up Buttercup. That's right. So we, we kind of ran the gamut of all these new songs, you know, uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, a lot of pop. Pop yeah, is good for these. It is good, because everyone knows it. Yep. It's familiar. A little nostalgia. You can sing along to it. Yeah, I like the 90s, early 2000s nostalgia. It's always good because it's sort of funny. People are going to laugh. You can joke about it. But they're also really good songs and you're going to enjoy them. And my personal favorite thing about the it's sort of funny, people laugh thing is that I secretly love all these songs. Oh, yeah, me too. And I love the safety of putting up a guise of making fun of them when in reality I'm like, I can't wait. Yep. To listen to more Backstreet Boys. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to listen to some Third Eye Blind. Or people think you're putting on Taylor Swift ironically. And Not in the case. fact, you're like, no, I just want to listen to a great pop song. And then people are always surprised. This is what people do whenever I put it on. They're like, this is act- this is really good. I'm like, no shit, it's really good. Like, she writes amazing pop songs. Max said exactly that. Yeah. Big friend of the pod. Yeah. People um, say that almost every time I put it on. They're the- shocked. The oldies are another good one. If you go back to the 60s, the 70s, like I already mentioned, I gave a shout to uh, Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations, I think is the name of that song, the yeah, name of the I band. Think so. um, but we did some Mamas and the Papas, we did some Van Morrison, we had some, yeah. what else did we have? Bob Dylan, listen to Positively Fourth Street, that's which right. was cool. That's right. Uh, that's always fun too, because with those types of songs, I feel like most people either either grew up with them so if you're with an older demographic they'll enjoy that mm-hmm. but if if you're younger a lot of your parents probably listen to these songs and you grew up with them on the radio on classic rock yep. radio yep which is a, an interesting thing we sort of our generation kind of grew up with the best of both worlds we grew up with like modern hits and classic rock radio was a huge thing when we were kids so i've been thinking about this lately does classic rock radio as we know it when we were growing up does that always just stay classic rock radio or does it get to a point where in 30 years the new classic rock radio is music that came out in the 90s and 2000s i think that transition happens and i think it's slow over time here's a case in point when i was a little kid and when you were a little kid 96.5 in manchester was cool 96.5 and they played 50s and 60s music and it was like hits from both those decades with an emphasis on the pop of the 60s, Yeah, then right. they were replaced by the much more rock and roll, much more hard-edged The Mill, That's 96.5, right. and they moved it from 50s, 60s with like, on the boardwalk, those songs, right. like that was like sort of their wheelhouse, they moved it towards 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. where like you get some Bon Jovi in there, you get some Aerosmith. That's right. Seventh grade Jake was was stunned and happy because I liked some of that music. Right now, I would rather go back to those 60s pop hits. I love those. And that's the thing is they moved away from the 60s like bubblegum British invasion pop and they went to the very late 60s. Like you'll hear on 96.5 The Mill, occasionally you'll hear Come Together, right. which is 1969. You'll hear like very late 60s Stones. You'll hear some late 60s Neil Young. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. They don't right. go back to... Zeppelin, late 60s Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Definitely, that's wheelhouse for, for them. It abs- Yeah, you can't go an hour without hearing 19 Zeppelin no, songs. No. I don't think that's mathematically possible. <laughs> um, but speaking of the way we listen to music, Jake, how's that for a transition? What a transition. And the thing is, great. is like we always ruin our transitions by calling them out. No, we so don't. We make them, them better. We make them we better. Do. We enhance them. I want to make sure the listeners 
understand because how we're, good of a transition we're it was. pretty quick sort of sly guys and they might go right. under the radar That's if right. we just let over it their sit head. there so speaking of the way that we listen to music big news out of the technology world apple releasing the iphone 7 um the big development with this is that they are getting rid of the headphone jack the 3.5 millimeter whatever denomination just the standard headphone the standard headphone jack that we've all come to know and love they're getting rid of it in favor of just the firewire insert that you have now to charge your phone so basically what this means is that if you want to use your normal headphones on a new iphone you have to plug it into an adapter that then plugs into your battery charging port um, or you buy the new Apple headphones, which are wireless, Bluetooth, I think, or something. They're like $160 or maybe more, maybe like 260 something like that. What do you make of this, Jake? I just – so a couple things. One, who knew – well, Apple are visionaries, but who knew – that we needed a new headphone jack. Thank you, Apple, for, for cluing us in that we all need a new way. I mean, I feel like headphones, as far as technology goes, were pretty much fine. Yeah. I feel like they were like, we were good with this kind of headphones. My takeaway from it is it's kind of a classic Apple move. They have done this sort of thing a number of times, getting the, what's it called, the Firewire? Yeah. Making the other kind of charger obsolete is another example of right. this. It's kind of cornering a captive market. If you're an Apple product person and you want the new iPhone, but you also listen to a lot of music, uh, guess what? You need to buy this nice pair of Apple headphones or an adapter. I it, it, I don't know. I to me it seems a little bit uh, shady. And they're gonna they're gonna it, it turn shit into Shinola with their marketing. Yeah. Though, so so to speak. a couple things. They said that they were courageous for doing this for doing this move. <laughs> they said that they had a lot of courage. Um, second of all, when who said that? <laughs> Apple said that, like in their big reveal, in their presentation, like it takes a lot of courage to do a move like this. It takes a lot of courage to bend America over a barrel. <laughs> yeah, something I'm dry. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> the other thing is, you said that you know headphones were fine. I don't think we need any new headphones. Devil's advocate there. I remember I read this somewhere. People in like the early 1900s or like 1920s or something were like, I don't think, I think all the technology that's been invented can be, is already invented right now. They thought everything was as good as it was going to get. It could be a similar point of view there where it's just like maybe you're a little afraid of change. Maybe you don't know how good it's going to be because it's this new scary thing. I, th- I, that's obviously a possibility yeah. because who knows what. I mean, I'll have to see what the step forward is. If it's literally just a different port, being ins- like having a different plug inserted into it, to me that's not a huge thing. Well, here's the thing. And I, here's the pros and cons. The pros out of this, the potentially good news is that, A, it's going to be a better listening experience for people because I guess it's a higher quality sound, maybe. That's what I've been hearing. I don't know. Okay. The other part of this is it gives them more flexibility to make their phones water resistant because they don't need to worry about water getting into your headphone port okay. and ruining the insides. And then also they can make their phones thinner because they also don't need to worry about the headphone port. But do we really need thinner phones at this point? They're I, already they're thin so enough. thin. Yeah, I don't need a thinner phone. I don't need a phone where if I turn it sideways, I, I can't find it. Right. 
it doesn't cast a shadow. <laughs> right, or that I when I turn it, it's like a piece of paper. Yeah, I don't and want I'm that. worried I lost it. Or that if I put it in my back pocket and I sit down, it's gonna snap in half. Right. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't know. I, obviously, I'm kind of joking about Apple banging all of us dry <laughs> with this, but I, it just seems like they continue to make quote-unquote innovations like the, like there's some that, things that's, where that's the other thing i don't think apple's that innovative anymore i think since steve jobs has died and that loser tim cook has took over you don't like tim cook no he's kind of a p-boy he's not like anything special um i think they've kind of just they're like a normal any other technology company now they're not as innovative as they think they are no, it, they're going. They're kind of coasting on reputation at this point. It reminds me of the, that Onion video I saw a few years ago, where the it was the Apple wheel, and it was a new laptop where instead of a keyboard, it, it was a wheel, <laughs> like a like a click like wheel, a click wheel from the yeah from the iPod. <laughs> and so it shows like these customers and customer tests like clicking around to get to their letter, and it shows the battery charge in the top right going like within the span of three seconds from like 54, 53. 52. <laughs> and it's just like, this is a, it's the same thing where it's that marketing language yeah. where like, this is a bold new step. <laughs> right. And our customers want things sleeker and easier to use. Right. And it's people like typing in countless typos with this wheel. <laughs> so are you, do you care about this in the long run though? Like, is this going to prevent you from getting a new iPhone when it comes time? Are you no. Gonna be like, no, I'm going to stick with the six? No, probably not. I, I don't know. I, I think I'll stick with it as long as I can until it right. like breaks or it, I don't know becomes totally obsolete or whatever. But I, I, if they sell an adapter, I'll buy the stupid thing. Yeah, I will too. It's not a huge. I'm not like actually mad about no. it. It's just it's funny to me more it's, than anything. Yeah. It's just a funny thing. It is where headphones work pretty good. And you know what? They got us talking about it. They got the whole internet talking about it. They had Twitter talking about it. They so did. maybe it was just kind of a marketing thing as well. Yeah, and I'm actually now listening to myself worried that I am a bit of an old fuddy-duddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, if you're using terms like that, I think, I think you answered your question. And I've fallen behind the times. <laughs> yeah. And I just am like, oh, I don't need anything but my vinyl records. Speaking of not falling behind the times, Jake, this coming September, we have a lot of new music coming out. And we're very excited about this. That was a good segue. Do you want to hear what mine was going to be if yeah, I was going to use yeah. it? I was going to say... If I get a new phone in the next couple weeks, I might be, not be able to listen to all the great new albums that are coming out. That's also good. Because I won't have a headphone jack that, that works with my new phone. That's also good. Lots of good new albums. Let's let's give the list. Yeah, let's list it out. So these are the ones we are most excited for. There's a lot of other ones that are also coming out on So the top objective best. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, all right. So we have Bonnie Vare, Beach Slang, Cymbals Eat Guitars. Preoccupations, formerly known as Viet Cong, How to Dress Well, Wilco, Hamilton Lighthouser and Rostam Butterman Klanji, <laughs> American Football, and Beck. A lot of albums. A lot of big albums confirmed coming out in the next month or so. so I think the one we should talk about first is Cymbals Eat Guitars because yeah. today on NPR, uh, on their first listen, is first that what it's listen. called? That's right. Uh, they released this and we both listened to it and I'm pretty excited about it. I was hype for this album before today. Before today, I had heard a couple of the singles. I was like, "These are awesome." Came out today. We both listened a couple times. I'm even more hype about it. It's great. I am too. I wanted to listen all day. I ended up listening three times today. 
Um, and lots of really good... It's a great progression for Simple Z Guitars. So for reference for anyone who hasn't listened, their last album was an album called Lose, which is, I guess, kind of a combination of just regular hard rock, some shoegaze, elements of emo and punk, elements of classic rock. Mm-hmm. They kind of mix the best things of a lot of mm-hmm. rock genres into their sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a bit, they've been around since, what is it, 2010 was their first record? It was yeah. a big buzz record. Yeah, it was. Why There Are Mountains. Yep, and then their second album, Lenses Alien, came out in 2012 By the rule of twos. 11 or 12, yep. And then, so this new one um, is called Pretty Years. It takes what they were doing on their previous albums with kind of that classic rock, punk, emo, shoegazy stuff. I think they're dialing up the pop elements a little bit more on this. I totally I think, agree. Uh, lead lead singer, guitarist, songwriter. Uh, he was talking about one of the singles called "Have a Heart," and he said that's like the first straight ahead love song I've written. Um, and you can totally see that shining through on a lot of the songs on this album that they. They seem to be going for something a little more poppy and accessible, but still keeping a lot of the same sounds that probably got them a lot of fans to begin with. To me, this it feels like, I don't know, you could make the argument Lose was already this, and I haven't listened to Lenses Alien, but I have listened to Why There Are Mountains. But this feels like a band that's really, really coming into their own yeah. in terms of their sound, and they just knowing how to play together. And on the Celebration Rock podcast, I think it was, he was talking to Stephen Hyden, Big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. About how they finished touring Lose, and immediately after, the bass player in the band was like, let's start a new record right now. And it seemed quick then, but I think it really benefits here because when are you playing Titus as a band? It's right after tour. So you're going to be writing good songs, you're going to be cohesive as a group, uh, and and playing the songs you're writing and and realizing sort of the sounds you want to go for. Also, to that point, when they came out with their first album, they were only like 19 years old, 19, 20-ish, and they, I think, have really come into their own as songwriters in general. They've had years now of doing this and practicing and playing together, and now they're in their mid to late 20s, 26, 27-ish, so I think the experience is meeting up with their their talent, and it's all coming together on this album. To build on that, the idea of their songwriting, or I don't know if it's just the one guy. What's his name again? It's like, it's like Joe. Joe D'Agostino or something? Yeah, Joe D'Agostino. Uh, his songwriting, I think he's the primary songwriter, yeah, yeah. Uh, has become, I think, really interesting. And the examples of, of Have a Heart and maybe Fourth of July, Philadelphia... More concise, more straight to the point, and like you yep. said, with "Have a Heart," especially, he cut out some of the frills of that, yep. and it's pretty it's like much a straight three-minute pop song. It's like a straight-ahead pop rock song. But I also noticed, I think it's on "Dancing Days," and the thing is, I'm still getting used to the track names. I was looking at them as I listened to mm-hmm. a track list less version of it on NPR. But there, there was one thing he did on here vocally that reminded me a little of Radiohead and Tom York, which I thought was interesting in "Mall Walking." The eighth track has like some shoegaze elements mm. in there. Finally, the first track I love. The way that comes in is yeah, great. Yeah, the vocal melody during it is awesome. And uh, yes, the way it comes in is great with the really mute, palm muted guitar yeah, to start it off. And it crashes and it in. Absolutely explodes. Yep, it's great. This is going to be one that I am going to listen to a lot this fall. And this is going to, this is going to, I can already tell, and we, we were talking about this a little earlier today when we were texting, was. What's going to end up happening is with all of these new albums that are coming out in September, our top 10 albums of the year rankings are going to get shaken up 
big time. They are. We're entering what we're calling the uh, 2016 music playoffs. Yes. We're entering the playoffs. So if to, to break this down a little bit for anyone that this is this lunacy isn't immediately apparent to, <laughs> basically we're looking at the year, 2016, as like a sports season where you had some albums like the Modern Baseballs of the World, the Pine Grove, David Bowie Radiohead, Hotel Year, Hotel year jumped out to early leads. We in September and October we have some teams that are coming on they're making, strong. They're making a run, making playoff pushes. So, what tends to happen with end of the year list culture, because that's sort of how people gauge music at the end of a year, it ends up being kind of unfair to those albums that came out earlier in the year. So this string of albums, including Symbols Eat Guitars, Bonnie Bear, the other ones we listed, yep. these are the the forerunners to to really give those albums that made our top 10, top 20 at the mid-year point, yep. really give them a run. Yeah, and what's going to end up happening is some of those ones that we ranked very, very highly to start the year, the first six months, some of those are going to slip. That's a fact. Um, the real question, though, Jake, is out of these ones that are coming out in September, which ones do you think have the best chance at jumping up and maybe taking some of those top 10 spots? I think Symbols Eat Guitars is a strong candidate to do that. Uh, based on the listens I had today, it's a very strong yeah. candidate. I already am excited to listen again and, and really loving it. And you know what helps with that is when you are really vibing on an album with another person. Yeah. And you can listen in group settings all the time. You're like, yeah, put that on. Because you create memories and emotional ties to those albums, which is something that really, really helps with those rankings. I think a great example of that is Whitney from the first half of the year. We got a lot of people in on Whitney. A lot of car rides with that, a lot of good memories, a lot of emotional connections, and that helps to have it jump up the rankings. I also think that no listeners of our show will be surprised that that's what happened with Modern Baseball that's with right. us, because we were both insanely into them at the that's same right. exact time. Another one, so Symbols Eat Guitars, definitely. Yep. Um, I also think Bonnie Iver is going to be a strong uh, candidate. It, Based on the three songs yep. I've heard, yep. uh, which are Oversoon, Death Breast, and this 33 God song, Yeah, it's going to be... I'm, I think it's going to be a really, really good record. If, if that Bonnie Vare album is not in my top ten albums of the year by the time December rolls around, I'll be very surprised. And disappointed. And disappointed, yeah. I have high expectations for this, and I'm hoping I don't go in with expectations that are too high and it ends up not meeting them. Sneaky pick, Hamilton and Ross. Yes, I was just going to say that next. So I think the dark horse here, for based on every song I've heard so far from this, I love the whole vibe of it, the whole feel of it. Screams classic fall release to me. It's got this... Hamilton Lighthouser's voice has this unique quality where it's part crooner, part just like balls to the wall rock singer. Punk rasp. Yeah, and from the songs I've heard, Rostam's bringing out the best of that voice. And I really think if we're hanging out on the deck, it's a cool fall night and A Thousand Times comes on, or um, In a Blackout comes on. Have you heard that song? Oh, I've heard all three of oh. the songs that are out so far. If these, I think this record's going to be really, really good. I do too. I'm really excited for it. I think A Thousand Times is way, way up there for favorite song of the year for me. I started to make a favorite song of the year list, because I think really? that should be an episode that we do towards yeah, the end as I well, on top on of albums. That was one of the five I had in my early nominations list. Uh, yeah, I love that song, and I really like In a Blackout. And what was the third one called? I don't remember. Uh, it was still good. It was a different. It was sort of a weird name. 
So I thought it might have been a reference to something. But anyways, also, we have this Preoccupations album. It's not one that I'm expecting to, I'm to not, go way up there on my I'm list. I'm not that excited about this. Well, there's a couple factors. Anyone yeah. who's listened to the pod for a long time remembers that in the early goings of the show, we recounted a story where we went to Portland, Maine. Almost a year ago now. That was a year ago on the 17th. And on the 17th, uh, not sort of coincidentally, we're seeing uh, Car Seat Headrest. I can't wait for that show. I can't either. That's going to be uh, awesome. But we saw uh, then called Viet Cong, That's right. the band in concert. They've since changed their name to Preoccupations because of... Uh, sort of controversy that that was stirred up based on that. But when we went, it was in this little venue, and they cranked their uh, amps to literally 11 out of 10. It was insane. It was too loud. And their music is so based on noise and just like in dissonance, really didn't work. <laughs> and it, 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 it was painful to be there. They're a good band. You can tell they have chops. And I really liked that first Viet Cong album they yep. put out. So I'm looking forward to this album, but but something about that experience has forever Me too. sort of changed the way I feel about them, just I, because by association. I had to end up leaving that show early. Um, it's been well documented that I yep. was not feeling it. But yeah, you're right. It changed my perception on them. It changed how I enjoyed them. It changed how I listened to them. Um, the new single that I've heard, I've heard one of them. I've heard Anxiety. I actually really liked it. I haven't I heard any of the new songs that have come out since. I hear they're supposed to be pretty good. Um, all signs point to this being a good album. I just am not that excited. More so because I'm there's other albums I'm a little bit more excited about. Maybe that will make you like it more. It maybe might be it will. Situ- Going with low expectations, it'll surprise me. It might be a situation where it surpasses your your expectations. The other thing about it being in a, in the fall is that I associate the other Viet Cong album as a dead of winter album. Yeah. Because it yeah, came out in January. January. And it also it played really well to that season because the sounds were so stark yep. and dissonant and like shrill and tinny. And that one came in under the radar too. We weren't really expecting anything. At like, all. oh, who's this Viet Cong? We ended up really, really liking it. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why we went to see them in the first place. Here's a couple more um, that... You know, I might not be the most excited for. I'm definitely going to give them a listen. Uh, How to Dress Well, kind of an R&B act. Um, who I've really enjoyed each one of his albums that he's come out with. Uh, if it, it, I like to compare him to like a white um, kind of mix of Frank Ocean and uh, like Miguel slash. I, I don't know, just kind of like an R&B smooth vibe. An R&B songster. Yeah. That's yeah. not a word. I'm I made excited that for now. it. Um, you know, should be decent. Also, Beach Slang, kind of a punk rock band out of Philly coming out with a new record, their their second one. The two songs I've heard from it, I, I'm not crazy about. Yeah. I, I'm hearing good things on Twitter from the rock music writers that we follow. They're saying it's good, kind of more of the same. But it may be this formula is getting a little tired for them. It ha- yeah. So with Beach Slang, uh, I like them. I've never liked them quite as much as you do, and I am only sort of excited for it. I just am not pumped about a new Beach Slang album. I, it is something to do with that formula. There's something about the, and and like you said, and it's fine to enjoy it. I'm it's, it, this is no shot at, at enjoying Beach Slang because I like a lot of their songs. But you've said before. Despite the fact that you can criticize them for being contrived or for being 
clearly pandering to certain emotions or, or sort of sensations. Despite that fact, it, it's still really enjoyable music. So I enjoy it, yeah. but I sometimes can't get over the fact that it seems artificial. I like them a lot more as a live band than I do yeah. as an on-record band. Um, and if they come back around, I'm absolutely going to go see them because they're great. But, yeah, I can't say from what I've heard I'm overly excited about this. I thought that I listened to one of those singles. I can't remember what it's called. Is it like... Um, like punks in a disco bar or something. Yeah, and I thought it was okay. It was, okay. It, was, it was like pretty much what I expected. What I am weirdly excited for, because I in that I don't know what to expect at all, is this new American Football album. Yeah, I don't, this is so. They came out American Football with with one album in 1999, and it's been widely acclaimed as a uh, touchstone in emo history. One of the best emo albums ever, and they trend I think a little bit more towards the mathy rock yes, they do. side of emo. Yep. The times I've listened to that album, which they call, it's been called kind of a classic, I've actually really enjoyed it. Yep. This is also a self-titled album. Yeah. It's also just going to be called American Football. I'm definitely going to listen. I am too. You know what this reminds me a lot of is when My Bloody Valentine yep. came out with a new album after years of Loveless was their only, or well, they had one before that, but Loveless was the album by them. They disappeared for years. They came back in 2012 with MBV. Their follow up. This is what that feels like. You've listened to MBV, right? Yeah. How do you like it? It's good. Um, it's not as good as Loveless. It's still definitely My Bloody Valentine. It's it's good. It's worth listening to. Seems like there's sort of a statute of limitations on how much time you can let pass and not have it be too much of just the reunion storyline. My Bloody Valentine definitely went past that amount. I yeah. think American Football has. Yeah. No one's seeing this and being like, oh, American Football has a new record. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, they're back. That's sort of right. the storyline. Uh, I haven't listened to either of the singles that have been released for this. I haven't either. I'm just going to wait for the full album on yeah. these guys. Because I'm don't. i not super into them enough to be seeking out individual singles and songs, but I'm definitely going to listen to the whole album. I am too, and I am, you know, I'm not over the moon excited about it, but I'm definitely going to give it a listen, and I think it, it has, like, sleeper potential to make the playoffs. Yeah. It, to return to our yeah, lar larger umbrella analogy. Here's a couple of kind of veterans who... Wiley Vets. Wiley Vets, who I'm not... Very excited about either of these albums. Right. I don't even know if I'll give them complete listens. One of them is Wilco, who I, my experience with Wilco is really only Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which I maintain as one of the best albums of the 2000s. I think it's great. I really, really like that album. I too. haven't wanted to listen to anything else by them. I'm not terribly interested by Wilco. I'm not either. I'm probably not going to listen to this album because I haven't listened to anything by them except Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which I also Okay, love. let's say this. What if this album gets great reviews? I'll listen. Okay. I'm a slave to reviews. Because right now it has like an 80 on Metacritic. Didn't Star Wars, their previous album, get really high reviews too? I don't know if it was this high. Like it got good reviews, though. It did get good reviews. This album is called Schmilko. I love this title. Because people are going to say... Because it's... Wilco Schmilko. That's the whole point, yeah. and it's it's hilarious to yeah. me. It's a little eye rolling. Yeah, but that's I, what it's I called. Like it. It's called Wilco Schmilko. Because at this point in their career, I think we're doing that. We're like Wilco Schmilko. I don't want to listen. I yeah. think that's kind of what it is. They're like we've been around before. Like we're you know we're a although, legacy band. Although maybe the that like the, the the joke of saying a thing and then adding sh before it 
maybe the, the fact that the album is named that and that's the joke dates them more than anything because yeah. no one does that joke anymore that's true no one's like Jake Schlake <laughs> <laughs> the listening podcast the schlissening podcast blah, blah, blah. no one does that anymore like or I haven't since I was a third maybe grader they should. Maybe, maybe they should maybe we bring it back should, with, with Wilco Dude, we should maybe start integrating the schla thing. Yeah, we'll do it. Or the schmil, whatever it is, S-H we'll beforehand. We'll do it. Um, the other one is Beck. Beck Schleck, you know? See, Beck Schleck. I like Beck more than you do, I think, just yes, in general. you do. You do. I, just like, I think do. I just like him more. I think we've listened around the same amount. Yeah. But no, I just... I think you've listened more to Beck than I have. But... I am also not overly excited for whatever this new yeah. album is. I don't know the title. I don't even know what it's about. And I don't know which version of Beck it is. I mean, all I can assume is that since Morning Phase was his last album, which is acoustic Beck in the in the vein of Mutations and Sea Change, this is more like Guero Beck. Right. Guero Odile Beck. He right. has like three, four settings. He does. A few different settings. What's That's your favorite right. Beck setting? My favorite Beck setting is kind of the more just singer, songwriter, acoustic Beck. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick because I think my favorite record by him is Sea Change, maybe. But mine's I, Guero, which, which is, is not, weird. That's in the Odelay yeah. vein. But there's certain songs on there that Guero's a little bit of that mix because it's not all the rap rock stuff. It's a lot of there's some electronic th- stuff thrown in there. There is some of that just straight up singer songwriter. You got a Jack White appearance playing yeah, bass kind of on, a mix. on Go It Alone. Yeah. I love Guero. I think that album's way underrated. I People, agree. It's my yeah, it's my favorite Beck album. It didn't get really great reviews at all. If you look at the reviews for Guero, they're like, "Okay, I think that that whole album's really great." It is. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't even know the name of this album. I will probably I don't think listen. it has a title yet. It doesn't? I don't think so. So that saves our ass. Yeah, it does. I shouldn't have even said anything, but yeah. I'm just used to preparedness biting us preparedness. in the ass. Preparedness. So basically, look out for those, what is that, seven, eight albums yeah. uh, to make some noise in the end of year playoffs and probably unseed or unseat some of the uh, early year favorites. Definitely. That like will the Pine happen. Groves, the modern you baseballs. Know, you know what's going to... The Whitney's. Not be in my top ten anymore. Radiohead. Radiohead. I know, and and you've you've said this at every pass. I'm, it's because I, I'm trying to like convince myself it's okay for that. It's all right. So by being you don't need permission. So so vocal about it, I'm putting on like a brave face with it. Um, it feels wrong to not love that album as much as I think I should. It's it's okay. I'm here, we're all here for you and and. Uh, you know what we should do is we should sit down and have a uh, uh, moon-shaped pool, not lovers anonymous yeah. meeting, and just have other people come in. Uh, I'm still I'm gonna give that album another chance. I am too. I uh, need to. I'm gonna give it another chance. Maybe we do it tomorrow. We could. I I uh, sort of hold on to the fact that I really liked it when it came out, and that I, did too. I think I just yeah. overdid it. I think so too. I think I overdid it, and I overanalyzed it immediately. I did too. This is our white whale of the year. It is a moon-shaped pool because. It's very. It was elusive. It was like a love we had, and it, it escaped yeah. us in a gross way. There was a weak stretch there where we were very excited into this. We were all about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have not. I've certainly not given up on it. I just haven't listened in a right. while, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not ready to think that that's because I don't like it. Right. Okay. We'll go back and listen. Uh, speaking of going back and listening, Drake and Kanye West are working on an album together, Jake. <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> the, the, if we were still doing the thing where our episodes had titles that weren't that is impossible to search because our titles used to just be a joke from within the episode, right. this one would be called Segways. 
Or it'd be like speaking of, schmeeking of. <laughs> that would... Or no, it actually would be segway schmegways. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Segway schmegways. <laughs> but yeah, so Kanye West confirmed that him and Drake have been in the studio together. They've been working on new music and that they have an album coming. What do you think about this? I think, first of all, that I did a Big J journalist move and looked up a, a hard a, a quote. quote from Kanye West. Where, and he said, quote, We're just working on music, working on a bunch of music together, just having fun going into the studio. We're working on an album, so there's some exciting things coming up soon. Reading it that way, it sounds a little bit like a Rob Gronkowski quote. Where he's not the just, most eloquent. No, because like you know, for, with Gronk, if you ask him a question after the game, he's just like, just going out there working hard, working hard with the guys. Gotta it, love it, getting it, a win. It sounds like he's just repeating what other people have said because he thinks that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, not not the best quote. I just pulled it because it was literally the first paragraph in the story. But uh, this is interesting news coming from Kanye and Drake. What, what do you? How do you think it's gonna stack up with albums like Watch the Throne? Uh, a Run the Jewels sort of uh, duo or Drake and Futures so, team up. Yeah, the issue with these rap collaborative albums is that they're never as good as you want them to be. So what ends up happening is in, in rap, people collaborate more than in any other genre. They're always guesting on tracks, guest verses, whatever it might be. I'm surprised we don't get more of these albums. Like when F- Future's going to guest on a fucking Gucci main track, why aren't they just like, you know what, let's lay down a full album. Let's just do it. May as well. Like, With Future, what? he probably only has a few verses to do anyways. He'll and just he like, talk like this. Yeah, he'll just... Drinking lean in the club. Well, the thing is, is like with Future, I imagine the way you inspire him is you get him high off lean. Yep. And then you say, Future... Here is a list. It's only five items. Each one is either a word or a phrase of three words or fewer. Pick one and repeat it ad nauseum for the better part of three minutes. Just mumble over it. Yeah. Microphone, microphone, microphone. Exactly. Think I want a Grammy. Yeah. Like, you know. What is that? I don't know. Anyway, I, I got off my point, though, with our great future impressions. What I'm saying is... These guys, these rappers are like programmed to do one or two songs with each other that are great. And then the rest ends up being kind of filler. So I think we definitely saw that on that Drake and Future mixtape that came out last fall. You had a few good songs in there. You had Jumpman, which ended up becoming a huge hit. And you had Diamonds Dancing, which ended up being a pretty big hit and a great song. Other than that, the rest of that was kind of forgettable. Now, Run the Jewels, I think, is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened as much as you. Those get great reviews. Those are supposed to be great records. Watch the Throne, I think, had one foot in both those camps. On the one hand, you had songs like um, N-Word in Paris. No Church in the Wild. No Church in the Wild. Otis. You had, yep. you had a lot of good songs. Really huge hits. Big, big hits that have been cultural touchstones for years now. It was kind of our... Big introduction of Frank Ocean on No Church in the Wild, That's if true. you recall. Um, there was also a decent amount of filler on there. Like, if you remember that that Beyonce feature I that never was liked on there, that song. it was like Lift was, Off. Lift I off never liked that. Not that lift good. Off. Not that good. We pissed off. <laughs> not, I never liked that, that song, good. dude. And then you had some songs that touched on social issues like Murder to Excellence. That song's crazy. That song's really good. 
doesn't Kanye reference the Holocaust in that song? No, you are thinking of um, Who Gonna Stop Me. This is something like, like a Holocaust, millions of our people lost. Not the best taste. No, not the best. Um, that's, you know, you throw some of those songs on at a party, though, people love it. They're awesome. You know, it's one of my favorites, and I'm going to forget the name, but it's the one that samples uh, Birds Flying High, You Know How I Feel. That song, it's See, the I one where he, like, it's like Jay and Kanye rapping to their son. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Sai Junior, I already ruined you, that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's your boy! <laughs> yeah. There's, so there's some good songs on Watch the Throne. There's also some filler. So I think that's an example of maybe the closest we've got to two huge, huge icons getting together and coming out with something good. Um, you know, if Kanye's involved, Drake's involved, I mean, they just churn out hits. So, I think it's probably going to be decent. I found the song. It's New Day. New Day. So, I had okay. a couple points about this album. One, it's you already said it, but I'm going to echo it because I really love Run the Jewels. Um, it's a different... I think it's, like you said, different with them because they neither of them, I don't think, were insanely famous no. beforehand. They're more famous as Run the Jewels than they are individually. Way more famous and I think more successful and more critically acclaimed as Run the Jewels. Yeah. I think of them as more of like a band that will stay together yeah. in a way. Uh, the other point is, I'm surprised uh, that that Drake and Kanye were never feuding for the Jumpman thing. The, um, the, well, they kind of just jumped over Jumpman. Yeah, that yeah, whole thing. Right. Like, I hope there's not too. Also, I hope there's not too much of that interplay. Like with rapping about like their shoe deals. Yeah, like jumping over each other with their shoes. Yeah. How many tracks over under? Four and a half references to, to shoe deals uh, on the album. Oh, that's tough, man. I that's think a, I picked a good, good num- number to put it at. I'm going to go slightly under. I think it's going to be four. Four references to shoe deals? Four, yeah. I'll take the under. Should we add this to Let's our add official over Let's add it. Let's okay. add it. We'll add that after. That's been added. So for a reference, if you haven't listened since like the third episode, we started the year with a list of over-unders. Um... I'm trying to remember what some of them were. One was like how the Drake song, how many listens it'll have. The, Set, uh, how many days notice before we get the new Radiohead album? How did, many beefs is Drake going to be in? Did we hit the over or under on Radiohead? I got the under. You missed on the over. Because I, what I thought was, and I remember discussing this, I was like, oh, they'll actually give notice for this album. Not the case. Yep. So yeah, we'll add that to the over under list. So yep. how many shoe deal References will there be over under four and a half? Okay. Tweet us uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, but yeah, so I, in, I don't know. I'm not the world's biggest Drake fan. I really like Kanye, but haven't I didn't love the life of Pablo. Yeah. I can just and, and my biggest problem with something like Watch the Throne was it felt so much like just two dudes stroking their egos for ten songs. Yeah, it eleven did. songs. It did. I, I I can't see. Anything more likely for this album than that outcome? Same. What I'm really worried about on this is that Drake and Kanye are coming off... I don't want to call it coming off L's for this year, but because they were both like smash hits, both very popular, but from a critical standpoint, maybe... I mean, Pablo got very, very good reviews. Views did not. Um, I'm worried that they're saturating the market with Kanye and Drake, and it's like one of the things I both I like about both of them is when they come out with music, it's like an event, it's a big deal. It feels like now we're maybe getting a little too much. 
I feel like the best case scenario, or what is actually not necessarily the best, because the best case scenario is an amazing album yeah. that gets like tens out of tens and we love forever and ever. The more likely scenario, what I think will actually happen is, I think we'll just get a few bangers off of I this. Agree. There will be like three songs that when they come out at a party, everyone loves them. Yeah, I agree. Everyone sings along with whatever Drake, because what? what's going to be happening is Drake is going to be singing hooks. Yes. And then they're going to switch verses. Kanye will like rap, it'll come back in with a Drake hook. And then Drake will rap, and I don't know. I mean, maybe Kanye did some of the autotune stuff he did with McCartney and Rihanna. Maybe he sings yeah. a little bit. It'd be interesting to see. I can't wait for those Drake hooks because you know we're gonna get them. And with Kanye's help, maybe he'll coach him to even better hooks. So I'm talking myself into this album a little one, bit. One of the things I hope I hope happens, and I don't think either of these artists did enough of this on Watch the Throne or the Drake and Future collab. What needs to happen, instead of just having your own segmented verses, do interplay between the two on one verse. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. They only did that on certain songs on Watch the Throne. I think it was like Shut one down till I die. That's yeah, all. that we one. Like, yeah, go back and do forth. more of that. It, it would be fun to hear. Yeah, they have very different rapping styles, though. Yes, so I wonder how that'll jive, like within a verse. I know. The, if they could pull it off, it would be really interesting to hear a verse that mixes Drake's flow and Kanye's flow yeah. seamlessly. Yep. Yep. We're asking a lot of that. We are. But they are presumably kind of geniuses. Well, Kanye is called a genius. Do people call Drake a genius? Mm, I don't think they do. No. Drake. It, so what's funny about Drake is. He thinks he's a genius, I think. I don't think he does. I think Drake's actually really self-aware. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Knows that he's a bit of a goof. Yeah. Um, Like, did you see the new. uh? He came out with a new video for one of the songs on Views. It's the Why You Gotta Fight With Me at Cheesecake one. He's literally one at Cheesecake Factory with Tyra Banks. And That's he goes awesome. to the bathroom. He's in the bathroom and he realizes he left his phone on the table. She's looking through his phone. He comes back. She dumps wine on him. Stuffs cheesecake in his oh. face. He ends up rapping the whole song with just like cheesecake on his face. Yep. Like he knows. He, yeah. he You know, he's you know kind of goofy. And that might be... A good foil for Kanye West, who seems unable to laugh at himself. That's right. Seems completely unable to see what is funny about his ridiculous persona. That's right. Because Kanye right. West's hilarious. Yeah. And the thing is, what's weird is that some of his best verses are really funny. Right. Like from Gold Digger, some of the some of the turns of phrase he does That's on right. Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, some of the best stuff on Yeezus. Yeah. But I but he also like has trouble smiling publicly and and can't. Doesn't seem to be able to understand that he's this major public figure and people <laughs> right. are going to laugh at you right. because you're just so famous right. and it's ridiculous. Right. I don't know. Well, who knows if this is actually going to come out, though? That's the thing. It might not. Do you think... I mean, if they're just starting, there's no way this is a 2016 Probably album. not. I don't think this is a 2016 I mean, here we are on September 8th. Unless, not I don't happen. know, man, because like we didn't think we were going to get Pablo for a long time and yeah. he just crammed it all in in like two weeks that's true and you never know maybe it's almost done it could be because I've heard rumors about this months ago too well, here's a question for you what would be and I don't even know if there is one a bigger rap collab album I think the only one that could be bigger is either Kendrick it's like Kendrick and one of these dudes yeah that means like the Honestly, only bigger one I don't even know if Kendrick and one of these guys would be bigger than Drake and Kanye. They're so huge. They are. Because Kendrick has 
the the critical appeal. He's also extremely popular. Extremely with, popular. With, with like general music fans. However, Kendrick doesn't have the hits that Drake and Kanye have that really get just the average music fans, you know, blood pressure going. Like for example, like One Dance has how many I'm millions gonna, upon right millions? Now. Just for so for uh, for reference, Kendrick's top songs on Spotify. His most listened to are Mad City and King Kunta. They dude, <laughs> Mad City has one hundred and twenty-seven million. Okay, Kunta has one hundred and thirty million. Okay. But I know Drake will have more, because Drake's more of a hit maker. Drake's top one. Dude, just guess how many One Dance has? Seven hundred million. Yeah, seven, well closer to eight. Wow. Seven hundred sixty-four million Jesus listens. Christ. So yeah, that's a good point. What's Kanye have? Let me look really quick. You filibuster. I, I feel like Waves is going to be up there as a really high one recently. Um, yeah, well, okay, so this is... Yeah, okay, so number one is listed as Father Stretch My Hands, but it doesn't have the most listens. It has 79 million. Yeah. Number two is Famous, which is 128. So that that's comparable to Kendrick. Yeah. So Drake actually has the, the highest listens of all of yeah. these. So... If you swapped in Kendrick, I think you'd see comparable numbers. But Drake, I think maybe you could argue, is the one that makes it bigger or yeah, more well, popular. Well, whenever Kanye does anything, it's news. So I think yeah, you got to take into account just the public figure that Kanye is and his aura and persona, which is bigger than Kendrick's. What if we got an old school rap team, a rap group Ooh. of Drake, Kendrick, Kanye, and like... Who's someone who could be like maybe Eminem? Someone yeah. who's sort of like old school, yeah. or some some up and comer who's really great. Like who's I'm trying to think of an example of like like a J Cole. People seem to like uh, J Cole. People love J Cole. I've never listened to him. I haven't either. I've heard that I don't know about J Cole. Or you have you have a wild card pick, The Weeknd or Frank Ocean laying down <laughs> vocal hooks. Ooh, that'd be nice. So if you're listening to the pod, any of Drake, Kanye, The Weeknd, Kendrick. Any of you, if you're listening, big friends of the pod. Mm, huge friends of the pod. First of all, thanks for listening yeah. and taking the time out. But get, make this happen for us. Yeah. Make this rap group happen. We have, there, When's the last time there was a good rap band? D- D- I don't know. Like Run DMC? Yeah. NWA? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Bad D- Boys? D12? D12? <laughs> yeah, like like Puffy and Mace. See, but is that a duo? Yeah, it's like a, yeah I don't know. We need like a, another rap collective. I know. The world needs... A rap supergroup. Rock does it too much. Yeah. We don't need them crooked vultures. No. No one needs that. No. The supergroup thing is played out in rap. Rack and tours. Rap hasn't really done it, and I if there's people who are gonna do it, I believe in, in Kanye to pull yeah, this agree. off and pull it together. Let's make it happen. All right. Um that probably does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on our new Twitter handle at ListenInPod. It was it was a long time coming Bad. changing yeah. that. Yeah. It makes more sense way more sense so give us a follow there um and then we'll see you next week next next week <laughs> this week <laughs> next week next week <laughs> there you go thank you uh, welcome back football that's right back to football Th- that's the fucking thing I football. couldn't remember back to schmutball <laughs> back to schmutball thanks
Now we're recording. Okay. Cool. How cool. was that? Little little moxie for you. Good. I brought the thunder. I feel like the listeners must be used to hearing me say, "Now we're recording." Or something along like those right lines. as the music fades out. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many people listen to the end of the music. Listen to this part. Five. Yeah, I was gonna say five. Ten. Because I think even regular listeners either don't care, right, or just forget or don't know that we do this. I mean, like, I... The thing is, though, I mean, obviously, I'm me, and I'm the person on the podcast, mm. but if I listen to a podcast and I like the people on it enough, this would be my favorite part. Me too. It would be my, sneaky too. my favorite part. Because you, like, the veil is lifted. It's just people being people. Right. Which is all we do on the show anyway. It's, it's true. like we're fucking famous. So. No. It's just, instead of talking about music, we talk about literally anything. It's the blooper reel, kind That's of. Right. Except not at all. No, it's... It's really not much no, like a blooper reel. No, it's not. But, the that being said, the blooper reel part of a movie is often my favorite part. At the end of comedies, I usually laugh really yeah, hard at the right. blooper reel parts. you're right. Remember when Toy Story 2, Toy Story 1, rather, <laughs> yeah. did a blooper reel? No, it was not Toy Story 1. It was Toy Story 2. It was 2. Yep. It was 2. Which was, thinking back, such a hilarious idea to it's do that. It's really funny. Because there's no bloopers for an animated movie. No. It's so funny. They had to go back and do and that. And make a blooper reel. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When's the last time you've been to a movie in the theater? Oh, uh, I saw the third Star Trek in, like, Ju- July. Okay. you Well, you go to more movies than I do. Uh, I've been going to a lot less. I haven't been to a movie. I don't even know the last one I've been to. we got to go to some fall movies. Good yeah. movies come out in the fall. Yes. You know what I want to see is that movie with Jeff Bridges and... Uh, Crazy Heart. Chris Pine. No, that's, like, six years old. Okay. The, um, the movie, it's, like... I don't remember what it's called, so it's not really eh, whatever. It's pre-show. I don't, I don't give a shit. But let's see what it's called. I'll find it on. on I old feel like there's a lot that have rotten tomatoes. Kind of coming out like Swiss Army Man. It's supposed to be good, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe not though. I'm not up on this shit it's supposed anymore. To be okay. Okay. All right. And like, see, I thought. See, I thought it was supposed to be good. I don't really want to see it. The premise seems weird. Him farting all the time. They, I didn't even know. He's like a dead guy. And I guess he farts a lot. See, I didn't even know that. That doesn't sound up my alley. I don't know. I need I need some better movies coming out. Hell like or that. High Water. Hell or High Water is the name of the movie. It has Jeff Bridges, it has okay. Chris Pine, and it has one other famous person who is named... Who's, what's, what about this Miles Teller ben World War Foster. II one? World War II? Yeah. I didn't know there was one. I know Miles Teller was in that movie with Jonah Hill and it kind of like got mediocre. At yeah, best. I think he's in another one. Do you want to see Sully? No, I don't. About the airline no. pilot? No. no. Landed in the Hudson? No, I don't I don't want to see that. Tom Hanks? Yeah, I know. He's got a nice white mustache in there. I know. I Tom Hanks, I like. People lose their shit for him. Tom Hanks is like comfort food. He's the same He's, in every movie. Yeah. His voice is impossible to replicate. Yeah. And he just does his thing where he's the hero, but kind of a common man hero. Mm. Although you can't be a common... Seriously... I would like to hear someone try to do an impression of Tom Hanks. I've never heard it. His voice... Do you think Frank Caliendo could do it? I don't know. Also, favorite Tom Hanks movie. What is it? That's really tough. Of a couple. Uh, there's a lot I like. Um, I really like... I'll give you a top... We'll do Mount, Mount Rushmore. Okay, you start. I don't know. Mount I Rushmore. Seen, I haven't seen Philadelphia, which is going to hurt me. Of, I haven't either. Okay. Mount Rushmore of Tom Hanks movies that I've seen. Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Toy Story franchise. It's kind of cheating, but Toy Story franchise. Oh, I thought you were going to say that was two, three, and four. No. Um, Castaway. Yep. And 
Road to Perdition. <laughs> Never seen it. I'm actually, the Lady Killers. I'm like struggling to think of a fourth one that I've seen now. Yeah, dude, because I had neither. So I'm going to say Toy Story. I'm going to say um, that movie, This Is My Ship Now, Captain Phillips. <laughs> I haven't seen I'm going to say... <laughs> I, I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. I'm going to say Captain Phillips. An improvised line for all, all you listeners That's out there. That's a great fun fact. I'm going to say uh, Castaway. And I'm going to say... Mm, let's see here. Maybe... I saw Saving Private Ryan, and it's supposed to be amazing. It's not my favorite movie. It... I love it. I just love World War II movies. I'm a I love... Yeah, World War II... Uh, hey, Sean. Oh, I, you know, I guess I'll throw in Forrest Gump as a... As a fourth one yeah. for me, even though I think Forrest Gump is wildly overrated. So you like that more than, than Saving Private Ryan? No. No, no, no. Then put that in there. I don't think I did. did. I did. Was that was the first, first one? one I said. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about the ant bully? He was a producer on that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll pick that one. <laughs> it's my Mount Rushmore of Hanks. Dude, he was a producer of my big fat Greek wedding. He was also a producer of Connie and Carla, a movie I've never heard of. No. So I'm gonna throw that in my Mount Rushmore. So that was riveting stuff. Yeah, okay. I like that we're like just just 100% ri- dude ripping off a part of my take. Hey, that. they're into power rankings they season are very, now. It's different. It's not it's not Mount Rushmore season anymore. And it shouldn't be confused for it. It's no. similar. That's right. Totally different. Have though. you ever seen really quick the clickhole article where it's like you won't believe these pictures of uh, Colin Hanks are really Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes, and every I picture have. is just of Colin Hanks. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Dude, Nicole's awesome. It's really funny. Uh, uh, all right, you want to dive in after that riveting Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I do. I, all I want to say also is that I saw The Jungle Book. I'm just looking at Rotten Tomatoes at this point okay, and talking okay. freeform about <laughs> okay. things I'm seeing. I didn't, It has a 95. I didn't love it. Yeah, I have no interest. You in. gotta pass my fucking test. <laughs> Movies. I do want to see Kubo and the Two Strings. I don't know what that is. It's an animated movie. It has a 97%. See, I am so far removed from understanding and knowing what's happening in the movie world. There were a few years there. It was when we were working at the movie theater when I was in college, when I had a bunch of time on my hands, where I would see all the movies. As would I. And I knew exactly what was happening. So you don't even maintain a passing interest. I, I don't have the time. Really? I feel like you got to pick your spots as you get a little older. My corner's music now. Music and TV is... Doesn't mean you can't look through Rotten Tomatoes quick every few days. I unfollowed like them I on do. Twitter, too. They were just clogging up my feed. I was like, I don't care enough. Really? Yeah. I, I hop on Rotten Tomatoes a couple times a week. Just look. Just to see. And I haven't gone to a movie... I just... And really, at this point, it's just to see movies I'd like to see, but yeah. won't see. Yeah. That's getting older. Maybe we do a... Uh... Maybe we do a movie podcast. Do you see, I wouldn't be able see, to since provide... Since it seems to be your corner. I wouldn't really provide any any knowledge on that. Seems... Here's what I'm gathering. You really want to, but haven't had the courage to tell me, do a movie podcast instead of a music you podcast. You nailed it. You nailed it. Okay. Well, we'll start that next week. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one... <laughs> 